Welcome to today's study with Pastor Rick. Reaching thousands around the world by radio and online, Pastor Rick provides answers to the challenges of everyday living. Hi, this is Pastor Rick. Today we're going to show you how to get started. I believe people take too long. The sermon is called Don't Wait, You're Taking Too Long. I want to show you how to make good choices, good decisions. So we're going to loop around a little bit, go back and show you some principles of how to make good choices. But I'm also going to take you on a journey that will make you get started. Hebrews chapter 3 is where we're going to start. It's going to be a great study. If you have been sitting on the runway, you want to get launched today, let's get started. Enjoy. Repeat the top of me, please. Say, don't wait. You're taking too long. Every now and then in life, you go too slow. You can go too fast, but for a lot of people, that's not the problem. The problem is too slow, too slow. You got too many things going on. You have too many things distracting you from the main thing in your life. Someone said something to me the other day that was so profound. He said, I went to the doctor and the doctor told me that my numbers were good, but they were going down too slowly. If you have high blood pressure and it's 200 over 200, I know that's not realistic. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. It's good that it's down now to 100 over 100 or 150 over 100. But that's still a little bit too slow. We need to get you to the right numbers. I thought that statement was so profound. Sometimes we're moving in the right direction, but not at the speed that we need to. Because if, we, if we're not careful, what will happen is you'll get there, but too late. And you can get there too late. You really can. I always tell the story that one of the reasons I carry floss with me, I'm a faithful flosser and brush your guy because I went to the dentist one time and they looked at me and they said, you know, you're going to lose your teeth uh, if you're not careful. Uh, yet, you know, I was at a good place where they could kind of help me. But this was 25 years ago or so, maybe 30. But I remember when they told me this. And uh, my mother had always told me, she said, you know, you need to make sure you take care of your teeth because she'd lost a few of hers and she used to pop them out and put them on the table. See that right there? And that's your future. And uh, <laughs> so, so I, I, really, I really developed this um, desire to keep up. But there can come a time when it's too late. When you don't, you don't adhere to good advice and you end up in a place and it's just too late. Don't wait. We're taking too long. And if we take too long, we'll miss people. If we take too long, we won't be able to help people. Some of you are going down a road of depression. Get off of it. Don't take, don't take any more time on this road. React now. Ask for help now. Reach out now. Don't wait until it becomes worse. Don't allow shame to hide, make you hide. The sermon that um, I plan to preach and we'll do for the next four weeks. I'm switching gears a little bit because we've been talking about blessable. That's been our one word for the last several months. And for the next four sermons, I'm going to talk about 
something that can help you be more blessable. And I'm kind of switching gears a little bit. I promised you something last week, which I'm going to, I promise I'm going to keep my word. I'm going to give you the, the, the promise of the seven things that you must do if you want to be blessable, and that's make good decisions. I'll do that in a minute. But let me, if I can, give you a, a preview of the future. We're going to talk about the importance of starting, dreaming, and fighting. Say that with me, please. Come on. Starting, dreaming, and fighting. Don't wait too long to start. Don't wait too long to dream, and don't wait too long to fight back. Because if you wait too long for those things, you'll end up in trouble. This is the time you need to start. If you look down at your notes, there's a profound verse, and it says in Hebrews 3, 7, Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, as Israel did when they rebelled, and when they tested me in the wilderness. Today, not tomorrow, when you hear my voice, harden out your hearts, like Israel did. That's a warning to us. The reason you've got to start now is because time is clicking. Did you know that in order for you to become a, what they call an expert in an area, it takes 10,000 hours for you to become an expert? 10,000, they call it the 10,000-hour rule. An idea put forth that states the expertise takes 10,000 hours of practice to achieve expertise status. That is equal to 20 hours a week for, t for 10 years. Every now and then in your life, you have to realize the clock is ticking. And I don't have forever to start because it's going to take me a long time to get to certain destinations. To get to the financial place you want to be, you have to start at some point or you'll never get there. You will always be dreaming. God's trying to bless you, but he can't bless you because you haven't started yet and stayed on the road. And there's something profoundly simple about that. And that's all about a decision. You've got to make a decision to start. Now, turn your notes over for a second. Back page, you ready? promised you this last week. Last week, I, I dealt with one big question for you. How do you make the right decisions? And I gave you seven things to look at. This is a good starting place. Three of them I covered. Four I'm just going to quickly mention today to give you the whole seven. The first thing I said to do was Proverbs chapter 3. Make sure you check with the word. Make sure you check the word. Check God's word. What does the word say about what you're doing? Here's what it says in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1. My son, do not forget my law. Say that with me, please. Come on. My son, do not forget my law. In other words, check what I said. Check the manual. Now, a lot of people don't do that well because we're raising a generation that doesn't really know the Bible and doesn't understand how to apply it. One of the things that concerns me about the way we teach people is we don't always educate them. We excite them. But my job is to help you learn how to think. Think through Scripture. Not just get excited and say, what a great message. That's maybe good for my ego, but not good for you long term. Secondly, make sure you care. And this is important. If you're going to make long-term decisions, if you're going to make sure that you move in the right direction, if you're going to start, you've got to start by making sure you care. When you make decisions, let not mercy and truth forsake you. And we talked about that last week. Number three, make sure you see both sides, God and man. You can't just care about what men, God says. You have to care about what men say. Verse four says, so find favor and esteem in the sight of God and man. That is an important balance. 
When you're making choices, when you're making decisions, when you're trying to make your life blessable, you're trying to start on this right path, make sure you check the word, make sure you care, make sure that you're not just doing it, you have a, a heart of mercy and concern. You're not just trying to hurry up and get finished. You want to make the right decision. You care. Thirdly, make sure that you hear both sides. Okay, God sees it this way. How do men say it? Men judge by the outward appearance. Get that straight. God knows your heart, but men don't. They will look at you and judge you based on what you do externally. That's why you should care what you do. That's why it's really, really important. I work really hard to try. I'm not always perfect at this, but I'm trying to present myself in a way that's consistent with what I want you to see. So when I make decisions, I have to care about what I do. Some of the decisions I made, and I've shared this last week, I had to consider what other people would think, not just what I think God wants me to do. How will people interpret this? If I say certain words, act certain ways. How do men see it? Fourthly, make sure this is not limited to your view. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Important statement, folks. Verse 5. Lean not to your what? Own understanding. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. My problem with my understanding is it's limited. Here's what education does. It shows you how much you don't know. You, just, you, know, you finish your master's degree and you go, boy, I need to start over again. There's so much you don't know. There's so much you don't get. There's so many things you don't understand. You get a bachelor's degree, you, you feel like, oh, help me, God. There's so much more of the Bible I don't know. There's so many things I don't get. There, there, there's a problem when I have nobody in my life that I lean on but me. Who are your stoppers? Who are the people that can stop you in your tracks? Name them. Do not be that kind of person who will never allow anyone to give you insight. Number six, make sure you trust God's way. I love that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust his way. What you'll find the closer you get to God is that you and he will disagree. His way and your way is different. His approach to life, his approach to people, so different. But trust his way. And then... Number six, make sure you invite him into the decision. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him, and then he'll direct your path. But I, I think what we tend to do is invite God in after we've made the decision. We pick the person. We set the wedding date. We buy the dress. We send out all the invitations. Then we say, oh, by the way, God, what do you think about him or her? That is, there's very little input allowed. The real, the real question for me is, am I willing to allow God into the decision before I make it? Number seven, make sure you're not, you're not just being wise in your own eyes. Verse seven, do not be wise in your own eyes. That's so incredibly dangerous because to me, I think I'm right all the time. There's something about opening my mind and saying, maybe, maybe I don't see everything. Maybe I don't get everything, and that's okay. Flip your notes back over again. And I want to ask you a few questions, and I'm done for the day. To put all this in context, we're just talking to you today about the importance of starting. If you're going to start making good decisions, the seven things we talked about from last week are important. You can look at those things and say, I want to make good decisions. Let me check the word. I want to make good decisions. Let me start. Okay. First of all, I need to have a better attitude. I'm making a decision I don't care about. I need to be careful. And you just go through the whole list and say, okay, I, I get those seven things. I'm clear. Now, I think 
God could sit you down and ask you a few questions. And it would, it would be one of those moments where you'd have to kind of say, okay, God, I, I'm really clear that you want me to start. I'm really clear I need to do this now. But let me ask you this question. Number one, you ready? I love this. What has God made undeniably clear to you? What is he clearly, without question, communicated to you? Think about that for a moment. Here's what Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 said. Today when you hear his voice, that's when you should respond, right? Don't harden your heart. What has God clearly, without question, said to you about making decisions, about your family, about your life? What has he said? And you know, without question, this is the one thing God has made clear to me that I need to start. Just think about it for a second. Now, now when you think about that for a minute, here's the second question. How long has it been that you've been clear? Look at question number two. What's the length of time? How long have you been clear about this? Undeniably clear. Now, in the text, you're going to see Israel was clear for how long? 40 years. Verse 9. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for how long? 40 years. I love to journal because journaling has made me honest. I lie to myself all the time. I am convinced that if I don't write down things, I'll tend to forget. I date and journal major thoughts and major moments in my life so that I know exactly when I was told to change something or do something or when I vowed to do something. So this year, Around this time of year, I always journal and write down, these are the things I'm going to do in the coming year. And then I go back and read them. What's really classic is to go back and read five years worth of them. You're still making the same promises. You've been saying for how many years? Israel was, it's 40 years they saw the miracles. So what are you clear about? How long have you been clear? Here's your third question. You ready? It's important. Does God have any grounds for being angry with you because of your slow response? Now, you know, you know how you get when people don't respond to you. Is there any justification for God to be frustrated with you? Now, I want, I want to just say this to you. We have this tremendous tendency to always promise. But this whole question of what we as a church will be able to do for God hinges upon how fast we respond. How fast we're willing to respond to the needs of the world. How fast we're willing to band together as a family. Pool our resources. Pool our volunteer time. Pool our prayers. How slowly will we move toward the problems of the world? Will we be so slow that we won't matter? It won't matter that we care or we give speeches or that you, you're worried about who won the election. Who cares if you're not personally doing anything to change the world? How long have you been promising God you're going to be fully engaged? How long has it been? How many years? And should he be angry? Does he have grounds to be angry? Here you are, angry with me for even mentioning coming to live with you. And you're saying, he's got, he's got some nerve. And I'm telling you, I promise you, some of you, I'm kidding. After this service, I'm coming to your car. If you know me, I'm telling the truth. You know I'm coming out. You know I'm going to pull off and leave me. Here, Notice, 
Notice how, how, how clear you are about that. Does God have a case against you if he wanted one? Could he say, I've been talking to you about these issues for how long? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to preach some conviction thing on you about tithing and make you feel bad, but I want you to just pause for a minute and say, how long? How long? It's not just giving to God. It's giving to each other. It's pooling resources together as a family. You're so divided. You, we we, we got to get together. We've got to work on this together. But you, you, you're, you're not working on anything. What came to me was, don't take so long. Temple, you, you don't have forever. You don't have forever to take care of your physical body. You don't have forever. You don't have forever to fix your marriage. You don't have forever to resolve these issues. Our kids lose their lives. While these things happen around us, when the world's problems knock on our door, how long can we take to respond? You don't have forever. One of the saddest things about my job is to see people who, who lose loved ones. Man, three or four times a week I'm, I'm managing through this with people. That's a lot. Some weeks it's really strong. And, and I, I find myself saying, Man, they waited too long. Waited too long to say I'm sorry. Waited too long to apologize. Waited too long to fix the finances. Waited too long to get the insurance policy. Waited too long to get a will. Waited too long. Waited too long. Waited too long. When I see people go to the hospital sometimes, I think you're only here, the only reason you're here is because you waited too long. Are you waiting so long that you're making yourself unblessable? That that day comes when he looks at you and says, you know, I just really can't fix this for you. You waited too long to start. You waited too long to dream. You waited too long to fight back. Does God have a case? Here's the fifth question, the final one. I'm sorry, the fourth question. Have you turned away and refused to do what he told you? Days, months, or years ago. This, this statement is incredible. Verse 4, verse 10, rather, of chapter uh, of Hebrews chapter 3. He says, so I was angry with them, and I said, watch this now, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. And I, bold, I put in bold prints the word angry, turn away from me, and refuse. What do you do when someone says no? No. I'm, I'm, and they don't say it sometimes verbally, but their actions say no. I refuse. I absolutely and totally refuse. And how long have you been doing that? How long have I done that? What's really amazing is when I write things down, I look at, my, I look at myself sometimes and say, Temple, you're taking too long. You need to change that today. There's something in me that's rising up now saying, come on, you, you can't wait forever. You got buildings to build and places to go and people to touch. You have to, you have to rise up. You have to rise up with faith. You have to raise resources to go out and touch the world. You cannot be afraid. You got to answer the call. When God is ringing your bell, you got to answer the call. You can't run from the call of God. 
Last question. Are you unblessable? Are you an unblessable person who will never enjoy God's heart, God's best? Here's what he says. I love this verse. Verse 11. So in my anger, I took, I took an oath. This is important. God took an oath. He vowed this. They will never, read this with me, please. Come on. They will never enter my place of rest. So be careful. I love that. Be careful. There are some people, God will never bless them. They will never, they will, they will never have the kind of church they want. They will never have the kind of marriage they want. They'll never, there are certain things that they, they don't qualify for. And I think what's really, what's really motivating me is I'm, I'm beginning to realize that if I'm not careful, I'll spend my life ignoring God and waiting on somebody else to come do it. When I first wrote this, the, the, the last list of questions were centered around the idea that I was, I'm, I, tend, I tend to wait on people. That's why I don't hurry and get, get moving. I'm waiting on somebody to go to church with me. I'm waiting for somebody to exercise with me. I'm waiting for somebody to, to, to negotiate with me. Some of you women are waiting for somebody to fall in love with. Then you're going to really take care of yourself. Up until then, you don't care. People should not look at you and say, she got a man. They shouldn't, they shouldn't see a difference. The quality of your life and the passion of your life shouldn't change because you met somebody. Who are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? Do you think you have time to sit here and wait for another so many years to become excited about your life? That's when you're going to start? Here's a couple of questions. These are just really helped me. Who are you waiting for was my big question to myself. Have, have, have they, this person I'm waiting for, ever promised me they were coming? Have they ever come before? Has anybody ever come in my life before that made me a life so wonderful that now I have a great life because I have them? I love my wife. I've been married for 34 years this December. But I did not wait for her to start living. Did they promise they were coming? Did you get some email? I am coming and changing your life. What is your backup plan if they don't come? I've always, I've always been amazed that people put all their faith in an industry or in a company. When I came to pastor this church, I told God, if it does not grow, I'm not staying. Now, guys do this, and they stay for years. That's them. I'm sorry. I do not plan to oversee uh, a funeral. I want to oversee something that's growing and moving and blossoming. I just, I just don't want to live my life like that. And I think it's really important for you to understand there's a danger when you sit back and you're just waiting for someone and you're waiting for some industry, they can't always guarantee. That's why you don't need to just wait for someone. Who promised you? What if they don't come? What are you going to do? Number four, what is in it for them if they do come to get you? What if they hire you? What if they marry you? What's in it for them? So you got you to pause for a minute. I really, I'm clear about this in my life. I, I, I cannot just expect that somebody else is going to make it all happen for me. 
I do believe in the power of partnership. I do believe in, in joining with people. I do believe, but I think there's something that happens when you get a group of people together, a family together, and they're not waiting on anybody to dream. They're not waiting on anybody to start. They start with what they have. And they go for it and they fight for it and they pray and they believe the word of God and they stand up and they say to themselves as a group, listen, we don't have everything we need, but we've got something to start with. And they start right when they hear, when they get a clear revelation of what God wants them to do, when they are clear about their, their service to the kingdom and how they are called to change the world, they get going. So what I want us to do is begin to pray, Lord, where can we start? Where can you start? Where can you jump in and change your world? Where can you right now? Here's where you are. You're in this church. This is a good place to start. You're here right now. Join us in prayer. Join us in your giving. Join us in your serving. Let's get together and, and create new ways to touch our world. Let's, let's give God a reason to bless us. We need buildings, but buildings to do what? Just look at it and say, isn't that nice? No. We want to fill them up with hurting people. Well, I pray you were blessed by today's message. I hope you learned how to make some better decisions. I hope you're ready to get started. I hope you see the principles of getting going in your life and what they do for you. Don't wait around for somebody else. What are you waiting for? Who told you they were coming to rescue you? Get up and do it yourself. Do what you can do yourself. God's given you certain powers and strength in your life. You can make the decisions to get going today. So, Father, I pray for those who heard this today. May it get them going in Jesus' name. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message from Pastor Ricky Temple. Watch more encouraging messages from Pastor Rick at www.rickytemple.tv. If you'd like a copy of this message, click on the bookstore tab at rickytemple.com where you can watch Pastor Rick live and get information about our ministry. Join us next time for another uplifting message.